morning, everyone. I'm John Schmidt. I'm the senior pastor here at Centerpoint Fellowship, and um, I'm thrilled that there are sites joining us in Pike Road and Wetumpka, Cloverdale, and people on the web at all kinds of places. We are uh, glad you're with us for this series. It's entitled Training Camp. The idea behind that little video is to get you motivated. I mean, when you see a video like that, whether it's a Gatorade commercial or anything else, you go, man, I need to do something. I'm going to switch to the food channel where I can find something else. Okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, but the idea is those things are meant to pump you up. And this whole series is meant to pump us up because it's important that we get in spiritual shape. Inside your bulletin, you'll find an outline of where I'm headed today. One of the things we need to grow in is our knowledge. Peter says so. I'll tell you why that's important today. But if you take that outline, and you can raise your hand, by the way, if you need a, a pen to fill in the blanks or, or for anything, and Usher will bring it to you. Here's why this is important. Uh, Timothy, in 1 Timothy, Paul wrote this. Physical training is good, but training for godliness is much better, promising benefits in this life and in the life to come. It's good to get in physical shape, but we're only going to live 70, 80, 90 years, whatever we live on this planet, if we live a long life. We're going to live forever in heaven. And if we're going to live in heaven, why wouldn't we get our souls in shape for that eventuality? That's where we're going. Why wouldn't we want to be in shape? Uh, for the folks that are watching us at other places, we just baptized some folks. Uh, three folks at this service, three young people, one young man and two young women, uh, 10, 11 years old, have given... Uh, their hearts to Christ, all of them wanted to be baptized and let everybody know. And so we baptize them in the name of Jesus, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And their sins are washed away. And now they have a new life. Can you imagine if I tell them, okay, you're 10, um, there's really nothing for you to do if you live to your 85, you got 75 years to kill, uh, I'd find a good book or two to read, I don't know. I mean, can you imagine? What's the point of it? Oh, there's nothing. Just sit around, watch football, do whatever you want to do. The whole idea is just get saved so you don't go to hell when you die 75 years from now. What? I mean, we talked about this last week. If that was really the case, then the kindest thing I could do would just be hold them under until they didn't breathe anymore. We could do the funeral right here. I mean, think about it. We baptize you, let you drown, we'll have the funeral. Hey, you go straight to heaven, we're done. I mean, that's all that's important. We know you didn't sin anymore. You didn't even get out of the tub. <laughs> but that's not the point. These young people were baptized to surrender their lives to Jesus. Now they, they might have 75 years to serve him to the full. But in order to do that, they're going to have to grow. They're going to have to train. That's why we want to be a good church home to them, to help them do that. We all need to do that. And this is meant to be a pep talk today, because I think you want to grow too. If you don't want to grow, this is meant to be a kick in the pants. That's what it's meant to be, because you and I were saved for much more than just watching football, talking about the weather, whatever it is we like to do until we die. But I said the right magic words, so I won't go to hell when I die. Well, of course salvation is is a, a wonderful promise with confident assurance. We say that Christ is going to take us home to live with him in glory. But my goodness, while we're here, he has work for us to do. And if that rings true with you, then you know what Peter's talking about in a passage we're going to read in a second that inspired this whole series. Let me have a word of prayer for us, and we're going to jump right in. Oh, God, I know you don't want us to be spiritual couch potatoes. Oh, God, I know you don't want us to just be lazy Christians. Lord, these young people who profess their faith today, they profess their faith and let everybody know that Jesus is growing and living inside of them. And Lord, I hope that they will be challenged and stretched here at this church. I pray that they'll be challenged and stretched in many other ways beyond this church and grow into the 
to be strong and confident, mature Christians who serve you faithfully their whole lives. I pray that they will have long lives, long lives devoted to you, long lives in your service, long lives devoted to telling other people about Jesus. If you'd like to grow and you want God to stretch you in an important way, even this morning, and say, God, I want you to open my eyes to something I need to stretch in. I, know, I want you to open my eyes to something I need to get better in in my life. And pray that right now and say, God, I'd like to be challenged some myself this morning. Please open my eyes to what you want to tell me. Open my ears. He'll hear you. If, they, if you want it, pray it. Well, Father, physical training is good, but training for godliness is much better. Promises benefits in this life and in the life to come. Please speak, Lord. Move me out of the way and get us ready for heaven each and every day that we live on this earth. In the name of Christ, we pray. Make the most of this time today. Amen. Point one, simply sum on your outline, simply summarizes what I've already been saying. God wants us to live godly, productive lives. Not religious, couch potato lives. Godly, productive lives. The staff here, the ministers on our staff, our job is to help make disciples, not deliver religious goods and services to people who might partake of it if they want to. Oh, no thanks, I'm going light on the prayer this week. What? That's not the point. Goal is to get in shape. Have a growing relationship with Jesus. That's what we're talking about here. That's what Peter's talking about in this passage. Listen to this. It never would enter Peter's head to be a Christian and not be involved and not want to grow. In fact, he writes about it in 2 Peter chapter 1. You go back and read the whole chapter later, but here are a few key verses for this whole series. By his divine power, this is Peter, Jesus' disciple speaking. Later in his life, Christ has risen, gone up to heaven, and Peter has received the Holy Spirit, and this is later in his life. He says, by his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. We've received all this by coming to know him, the one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. And because of his glory and excellence, he has given us great and precious promises. Please circle that. I'm going to give you two promises relating to knowledge in a little bit here. These are the promises that enable you to share his divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. In view of all this, make every effort to respond to God's promises. Supplement your faith with a generous provision of moral excellence. We talked about that last week. That's goodness. And moral excellence with knowledge. Underline knowledge, because that's what we're going to hit today. And knowledge with self-control. Talk about that next week. Self-control with patient endurance. Patient endurance with godliness. Godliness with brotherly affection. Brotherly affection with love for everyone. Now you know where the series is going. God wants us to live godly, productive lives. In order to do that, we need to add to our faith goodness last week, knowledge this week. We need to grow in our knowledge. He wants us to know more. Now what's encouraging about this is we can trust God to guide us because A, God knows everything. God knows everything. I mean, that's what gives me confident assurance when I stand up here and teach from God's word that I'm teaching the truth because God was the one who inspired the people who wrote it to write it. And he knows everything. Great is our Lord, abundant in strength. His understanding is infinite. So we can trust that God knows the right way to go because God knows everything. You and I don't always know it. We don't know everything, and we don't always know the right way to go. True or false? True. It's great we can come to somebody who does. Secondly, the Lord says, the Bible says, that God knows the future. Only I can tell the future before it ever happens. Everything I plan will come to pass, for, whatever, for I do whatever I wish. 
See, that's great because not only does God know everything, God knows the future. He knows how to guide us to the next right step in our lives. I don't know the future. I don't, and neither do you. And sometimes we lay awake all night trying to guess it, right? Oh my goodness, we worry about the future. And we don't have a clue. And the Lord says, trust in me. Don't worry. Don't be anxious or afraid. Come to me. I do know the future, and I'll guide you. If that's good news to you this morning, would you say amen? amen. Yeah. Oh, Lord, one more thing on what the God knows everything. Oh, Lord, you've examined my heart, and you know everything about me. God knows me. So what's great about this is, not only does he know everything, not only does he know the, and so he can tell me the right way to go, not only does he know the future, so he can guide me along the best pathway for my life, but he actually knows me. He's the one who made me. He knows my weaknesses. He knows my strengths. And that's why as we trust him and he's growing us and taking us through training camp and getting us in shape, he's not going to put on us more than we can endure. The Bible tells us this, but he will push us on this. I mean, if you're at training camp and you have a strength coach who knows what you can do and knows how to push you a little bit more without tearing muscle too much, without, without, well, I mean, without pulling a muscle, without doing damage, well, he can make you stronger. A coach who doesn't understand those things could do real damage to you. Well, the Lord is the ultimate in this. So he's never going to take us beyond what he is able to help us do, but he's going to push us. And that's why sometimes in our lives we go, man, why is this coming now? Because the Lord is, knows the future and he knows you're going to need this a year from now. It's time to get in shape right here. Some of you are being challenged right now in some area of your life and you're going, God, why now? It's like, well, you don't know what's coming. You better be ready. And then six months from now, you'll say, you know, I'm so grateful what the Lord took me through last summer because now I'm ready. I wouldn't have been ready if I hadn't gone through it. Can anybody bear witness to what I'm talking about here? Oh, yeah. You walk with him, you'll see. And Peter says, this is what God's doing. Not couch potatoes. Hey, get in shape. Let's go. We got work to do. God's working on you, getting you ready for heaven. If God's getting us ready for heaven, why would I want to live like the devil? He's not going to heaven. Doesn't want to go. So let's cooperate with God. Where's he pulling us? Well, John, I don't know if I'll be able to understand him. I, I didn't even do well in high school calculus, okay? How am I going to understand God? Well, here's some good news. Here's a promise. God has promised us his Holy Spirit so we can understand the spiritual truth and understand him. We have an inside track with the Lord. Jesus said this, the counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I've said to you. For those of you who weren't here for the baptism, each of these young people said they'd ask Jesus in their heart. They did. You confess your sins. You come to Christ, surrender your life to him. The Holy Spirit comes in, changes us from the inside out, guides us into all truth so we can understand God and understand his ways. Paul talked about this in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. For his spirit, the Holy Spirit, searches out everything and shows us God's deep secrets. No one can know a person's thoughts except the person's own spirit. No one can know God's thoughts except God's own spirit. And we receive God's spirit, not the world's spirit, so we can know the wonderful things God has freely given us. But people who aren't spiritual, they can't receive these truths from God's spirit. It all sounds foolish to them, and they can't understand it. For only those who are spiritual can understand what the spirit means but we understand these things, for we have the mind of Christ. Underline, we have the mind of Christ. Did you know that? When you ask Christ into your heart, the Holy Spirit fills us. He enables us to understand God's will, to guide us into all truth. If you thought 
coming to Christ was, well, I got to confess my sins and then I have to spend the rest of my life guessing what God wants me to do. Uh Uh-uh, you misunderstood the deal. He says, I will help you. The Holy Spirit is called the counselor, the one who walks alongside in our lives and advises us. Counselor would be like a, a lawyer, an attorney, an advisor, come alongside saying, hey, this is what you need to do. And that's the way we experience him in our lives too. When we surrender our lives to Christ, all of a sudden it's like our conscience gets a supercharge. Hey, you ought to go help that person. Hey, you ought to say you're sorry. Hey, go do that now. And when we listen and we learn to know God's voice, it's amazing how wonderful our lives can become. And we realize, man, God is just working in me. Some of you told me about that just this last week. You sent me an email. God is working in my life. And you know it. He's trying to get you in spiritual shape. He's got things for you to do. Some of the rest of you have told me, some others have told me, where you you say, man, God used me this week in the life of somebody else. And you know what? Some of it went back from 10 years ago, something I learned 10 years ago. I I always wondered why I learned that. I used it this week. God doesn't waste anything. I hope you're encouraged today. God has plans for you. He's got plans for me. He wants to use us. And Peter says, you know, you need to add to your faith goodness. You need to be good and do good. We talked about that last week. And you need to add knowledge. You need to know things. You need to study. You need to learn. And we'll hit that in a second too. So flip your page over. And we need to live each day trying to understand more about God. At the top of your second page there, it's important for us to remind ourselves that God wants us to know his character, his will, his ways, and his word. And we'll leave this up on the screen for a while. God wants us to know these things about himself. It's the reason we have the Bible. The Holy Spirit will guide us into this. It's the reason we want to have conversations with other Christians. It's the reason you and I want to read Christian books. Get education about such things. All of a sudden we'll, know, we'll go, oh. I mean, just because I'm a, become a Christian doesn't mean I know everything I need to know for life. But the more I learn about God, the more I can comprehend how great he is. That's why it's so important to sharpen our minds and to invest our time in your bullets and you'll find a little flyer for connect groups. It's important to get on other Christians too because you and I, through conversations, we can learn to know, well, this is God's will and God's way. That's why we teach stories from the Bible. We can see how God spoke to Moses and we can see how he guided Daniel. And the more we get to know him, the more we can be confident as we move through decisions. Well, this is the way God always works. This is the way he always thinks. I remember when I first got married, on the first couple of anniversary presents I gave my wife, man, I struck out big time. I did not know her character, her will, her ways. I did get her words afterward. Okay, on that, okay. (laughs) This is not what I like. (laughs) Okay. Or tears would have been probably more accurate. It's like, oh, but... You know, at the end of this month, we'll have been married 29 years. I've got a pretty good beat on her character, her will, her ways, and what she's going to say about things. Well, it's the same way when I spend time with God every day. Oh, my goodness. I can get to know him. And on top of that, I have his Holy Spirit inside of me, and he is revealing these things to me. That brings us to point C. I want to tie that in. God uh, has promised to train and guide us through his word. The Holy Spirit is God's inspired word, and so he uses it to teach us, and the Holy Spirit will energize those words so they ring home in our lives if we're willing to read and gain knowledge. 
Isaiah 55, the Lord talks about this. My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord. My ways are far beyond anything you can imagine. For just as the heavens are high, higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. And so you go, well, if God's that high up, then what chance do we have of reaching him? How can we possibly understand him? Well, here's what's good. It goes on. The Lord is still speaking. The rain and the snow come down from the heavens and stay on the ground to water the earth. They cause the grain to grow, producing seed for the farmer and bread for the hungry. It's the same way with my word. I send it out, and it always produces fruit. It'll accomplish whatever I want it to, all I want it to, and it'll prosper wherever I send it. And so God tells us, well, how do we get the thoughts of the Almighty, whose thoughts are so high we could never climb there? How could we know? Well, he says, well, I'll share them with you. That's why the Bible is so important to our lives. All scriptures God breathes, 2 Timothy 3.16, useful for teaching, rebuking, for correcting and training in righteousness so the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Psalm 119.105, your word is a lamp to my feet. It's a light for my path. But that's why it's so important that we read the Bible. We will know God's character, his will, his ways. It's why it's important we read other Christian books that help explain the Bible. People who have studied and can explain parts of it we don't understand. Maybe you get a study Bible. Maybe you get in a small group. How will we know God unless we spend time with him? And he's given us his word. The Holy Spirit will energize this because he's the one who inspired the word. And if we study it, it's amazing. I, um, I'm reading a Bible reading plan on version uh, or Bible.com. I mention it a lot. I want you to know I get no commission from Bible.com. I'm just a big fan. It's free, by the way. Bible.com. Maybe I didn't mention that. Hundreds and hundreds of reading plans, dozens of translations. You can look them up there, the reading plan, and then read it in a hard copy if you prefer that. Or you can just read it right on your phone or your tablet or your computer. It goes with you anywhere. Here's what's so amazing. I'm reading through a Bible reading uh, for the whole year, day 224 or whatever it was, a little while back. It was as if every scripture I read that day was exactly when I needed to hear that day. Has that ever happened to anybody else besides me? That's no coincidence. You spend time in God's word, you'll believe that he inspired it. You'll be going, oh my gosh. That's exactly what I needed to hear. Because God wants us to know his will. God wants us to know his ways. He's got things for us to do. He wants us to get in shape. He's the coach. Remember, this is a pep rally. Let's get in shape. Let's read God's word. Let's listen to his spirit. Let's follow his will. That's how we get to know it. Here's something else God wants us to know. God also wants us to know our purpose, our giftings, our callings, and the best plan for our lives. Some other things he wants us to know, I should have said. Plural. Four more things. He wants us to know him. He also wants to guide our lives. He made us. And so if we spend time with him and learn and grow in our knowledge, well, then we'll be able to serve him better. This is so misunderstood. But if you and I will put in the time, God will honor it. He wants us to grow. Now, I put in a little note that's important here. God does not promise to tell us everything about everything. And sometimes we forget about this. We keep thinking the goal is just to amass more and more information. You'll see in a little bit, no, he wants us to apply it. Deuteronomy 29, 29 says, The Lord our God has secrets known to no one. We're not accountable for them, but we and our children are accountable forever for what he's revealed to us, so we may obey all the terms of these instructions. It was Mark Twain who said, It's not the things I don't understand in the Bible that bother me. It's the things I do understand in the Bible that bother me. He's going to tell us what we need to know. 
He'll reveal his purpose for us if we ask and we seek and we knock. Remember Jesus said that? You ask, you receive. You seek, you'll find. You knock, the door will be open. Sit around watching TV all day. Yeah, you're probably not going to learn much. But man, we spend invest some time in his word and in prayer and saying, God, show me your character. Show me your ways. Show me the best plan for my life. You're the one who knows everything. You're the one who knows the future. You're the one who knows me. I want to get in shape. I want to be useful. I want my life to matter. Guide me. I hope you're hearing this is God's plan for all of us. Point two, Peter goes on. Now I'm back to 2 Peter 1 again. More knowledge makes us more useful. I mean, it stands to reason. If I know God's will and God's ways, if I know my gifts and my abilities and my talents, if I know how to use those for God's glory, I'll be more useful. It's like going to training camp. A lineman knows the plays. He's going to be better at blocking. A running back knows the plays. He's better at running. Quarterback, it's obvious. If you don't go to training camp, you won't know the plays. Not in the first part of the season. If you don't go to training camp, you won't be in shape. By the end of the season, you're pulling muscles and injuries right and left. But if you know these things, you'll be useful. Peter talks the same way about our spiritual development. The more you grow like this, the more productive and useful you'll be in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Right there. i got to grow in knowledge of my Lord and Savior. So do you. And see, that's what's funny. When I talk to people about this, they say, so all I need to do is study the Bible? No, you and I read the Bible every day, and it'll open our mind to our motives and other opportunities we have. Because God wants us not only to know the Bible, he wants us to know what he put us here for. That's part of our purpose and our plan. If you're a farmer, he wants you to be a good farmer and learn about farming, because that's who he made you to be. If you're a doctor, he wants you to learn about medicine. That's who he made you to be. But if we read our Bibles every day, it'll show us bad attitudes we need to get rid of. It'll show us when to step out in courage. It'll remind us to listen. It'll show us how to pray and make the most of those opportunities. The more you grow like this, the more productive and useful you'll be in in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But those who fail to develop in this way are short-sighted or blind, forgetting they've been cleansed from their old sins. Baptized, your sins are washed away. I live a new life now. So what do you want me to do with it, Lord? I'm going to read your word every day. And some days you'll challenge me to be patient. Some days you'll challenge me to forgive. Some days you'll challenge me to step out in faith. Some days you'll challenge me to be quiet. Some days you'll challenge me to rest because it's like he's training on us always. John, if you'll follow me and listen to me, I'll show you how to get the right rhythms in your life and take advantage of the things that I put in front of you. But John, will you listen? John, will you grow? John, will you get in shape? Yes, Lord, I will. I hope your heart wants this. My prayer for you is that you want this That was Peter's prayer. God wants, this point A, God wants and expects, that's what God wants for us. God wants and expects us to learn because there are things we need to know. We've got to keep learning. There's things we don't need to know. Proverbs 2. Tune your ears to wisdom. Concentrate on understanding. Cry out for insight. Ask for understanding. Search for them as you would for silver. Seek for them like hidden treasures. Then you'll understand what it means to fear the Lord and gain the knowledge of God. For the Lord grants wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He grants a treasure of common sense to the honest. 
He's a shield to those who walk with integrity. He guards the paths of the just and protects those who are faithful to him. Then you'll understand what's right and just and fair. You'll find the way to go. For wisdom will enter your heart and knowledge will fill you with joy. You and I will live joyful, wonderful lives because as we spend time in God's word and surrounded with God's people, we'll make wise choices. We'll stay away from sin. We'll get rid of bad attitudes, sinful habits, shameful things. And we'll focus on the things that God wants us to do. We'll pursue holiness and righteousness. And the Bible says that's going to bring us great joy. We've got to keep learning. I mean, sometimes when you read the Bible, if you're newly married, it'll go, oh, we don't know anything about marriage because people come in and say, we've been reading the Bible and we're supposed to represent Christ in the church. Our marriage represents a battlefield. We'll give them a book to read. Pray for them. Other people come in and go, well, I don't even know why. I guess we weren't meant to be married because we're not handling it well. I mean, if we're meant to be married and we're both Christians, then God should just miraculously download into our minds everything we need to know. I go, well, why would you think that? This is the way it works. We need to learn. God adopted us into his family. I mean, if a family adopts a child into their physical family, they don't expect the child just to grow without any food or education. Why would we expect that spiritually? We need to grow. Another fellow came to me. His finances were all out of order. And I mean, I've applied this in so many areas. People say, well, I said, well, your attitude's not right. You need to surrender that to God. And they go, your attitude about money's not right. You need to surrender that to God. And they go, so you're saying I'm not saved? I said, no, I'm saying you're saved. You're just ignorant about how to handle money. Could I not be saved and not know how to invest money wisely? Can we all understand that that doesn't necessarily go hand in hand? The minute you become a Christian, you instantly have got your 401k in order. What the heck? Why would you assume that? Why would we assume that the instant I get saved, I automatically know how to be a good husband or a good father? Especially when somebody got baptized when they were 11. Why would we assume that? So we need to grow. John, give me one good reason I need to be in a connect group this fall. You need to grow. Okay, besides that. You need accountability. Okay, besides that. You need encouragement. Okay, besides that. I can keep going for an hour if you want. Look, we get lazy. We get comfortable. And if anything I could want you to hear out of this whole series is, let's get off the couch. Let's get in shape. It's God's will for us. He's got great things for us to do. Proverbs 18, 15, intelligent people are always ready to learn. Ears are open for knowledge. Proverbs 12, 1, whoever loves instruction loves knowledge, but he who hates correction is stupid. That's in every translation, by the way. That's not a misprint. I don't want to live a stupid life. I don't want to live an empty life. And I don't think you do either. I want you to hear from a teenager who's doing this, seeking this in her own life, Kendall McKinnon. Uh, Kendall McKinnon. And uh, she sat down in front of a camera and she's telling us what God's doing in her life. She's just seeking his will, getting to know him by reading her Bible and journaling every day. Let's hear from her. Isaiah 40, 28 through 30. Have you never heard? Have you never understood? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of all the earth. He never grows weary or weak. No one can measure the depths of his understanding. He gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. Even youths will become weak and tired and young men will fall in exhaustion. I love these verses because of the encouragement that they offer. This serves as a relentless reminder that our God will never fail, even the least of us, even when we have our doubts. It's as this understanding no one can fathom. 
And that's what's so awesome to me, that our God is so great and so powerful that we cannot even imagine or even begin to imagine just how much He really knows and cares. My name is Kendall, and last December, I received a Christmas present from my grandmother. It was a journal. Uh, she knows how much I love to write, and I know how much I love to write, so I wrote in it. And I started it as a New Year's resolution, but I had no idea how impactful it would be. I got saved January 18th, and I began to correlate my passion for writing with strengthening my relationship with God. I've been using my journal as an outlet for prayer and insight on scripture and applying it to my life, writing down what God has been saying to me. And it's been cool to use something that I'm already passionate about to strengthen my relationship with God. I used to think that reading scripture and reading God's word every day was ridiculous and redundant. I didn't think it was necessary because I thought it was outdated and I didn't grasp the fact that the Bible wasn't written to be studied like a textbook. It's supposed to be applied to your life and you're supposed to get something out of it and it's supposed to change you from the inside out and I didn't think that that was real and it is. Oh, man. You going to let a teenage girl outrun you on that? Man, that should fire you up. She's been doing that since January, and she's getting blessing after blessing. She's teaching other people to know how to do that now. Do you know that? Can I give you hope? I mean... If you, could, if you could sit down, if you're 45, and you say, well, the best spiritual experience I ever had was when I was in college. 25 years ago, it's time for some more spiritual experiences. Stopped reading your Bible years ago. You got busy, distracted. Kids came along, got a new job, started college, didn't have time, made a lot of bad time management decisions. Let me challenge you. Now's the time to get that right. Let's get it right. Let's pursue some knowledge every day because when we study God's word, it'll lead us and challenge us into what other knowledge we need to know. It's God's plan for us. Well, that was point A. Point B, and I'll, I skipped some stuff. I'll come back to that in a little bit. Point B, God wants and expects us to apply what we learn. You heard Kendall say it too. We need to grow. There's some times in our life we need to know. There's other times we need to grow. Well, what's the difference? Well, sometimes I know exactly what to do. I'm just afraid to do it. Anybody agree with that? Oh, yeah. Again, here's why you need a connect group. You pray for people and go, oh, hey, will you guys pray for wisdom? Then you get the wisdom. And you go, God, could you send somebody else with some different wisdom? I hate that plan. Okay, and remember, God knows everything. God knows me and what's best for me. God knows the future. He'll guide me. That doesn't mean he's going to guide me the place I always want to go but I need to apply it whether I like it or not. That's the problem with our country today, with our theology. We want our theology a la carte. Lord, I'll believe the part about heaven. Now I'll believe the part about we're supposed to treat each other with respect and all that. But Lord, I don't want to have to confront a friend about sin. And Lord, I don't want to have to change my own life if I like my lifestyle the way it is. If I want to be greedy, I'll stay greedy. If I want to practice some sort of immorality, I'll practice that. 
And if I want to hate you, I'll hate you. Now, Lord, take me to heaven anyway. Doesn't work that way. There were people in Jesus' day, Pharisees, religious leaders, they knew the Old Testament. That's all they had. New Testament hadn't been written yet. But they knew the Old Testament backwards, forwards, and inside out. They literally had the whole things memorized. But they didn't apply it. Here's what Jesus said about them, Matthew 23. This is the Son of God commenting on exactly this point. Then Jesus said to the crowds and his disciples, the teachers of religious law, the Pharisees, they're official interpreters of the law of Moses, the Old Testament. So practice and obey whatever they tell you, but don't follow their example, for they don't practice what they teach. Hypocrisy. Oh, they knew it, they just didn't apply it. Now that you know these things, you'll be blessed if you do them. That's what Jesus told his disciples. It's important to know it. It's even more important to do it. He doesn't want us to play Christian trivial pursuit. Would you read that verse with me, please? Now that you know these things, you'll be blessed if you do them. One more time. Now that you know these things, you'll be blessed if you do them. Now that you know today, for instance, that you're supposed to grow, you'll be blessed if you do it. Well, what if I don't do it? Glad you asked. James 4.17. Remember, it's a sin to know what you ought to do and then not do it. I thought this was all optional. Do you know, if you read 2 Peter 1, he'll say spiritual growth is not optional. Why would you want to get saved and go to heaven if you don't love the one who saved you? Why would you want eternal life if you don't want to make the use of the life you have now? What do you think we're going to do in heaven except love Jesus and do his will? So why wouldn't we want to get the hang of that right here? What else we got to do? Oh, just sit around and wait for 70 years till I die. No. 2 Timothy 2, 2. Now you heard me teach these things. The thing, you've heard me teach the things that have been confirmed by many reliable witnesses. Teach these truths to other trustworthy people who are able to pass them on. Kendall's passing it on. I'm trying to pass on stuff to you today. Ultimately, that's the greatest satisfaction when you get to experience that, where you get to see what God has done in your life, and then you actually have the chance to pass it on to somebody else. It happens like this. You'll be going through something, somebody will come up to you and go, yeah, and you tell them, I just read this. You know, I went through the same thing in my life. Can I share what I learned? God wants to do that for you and me. I skipped over a part there. Let me just give you one warning. I got to say it real fast. I'm running out of time here this morning. Warning, knowledge can lead to pride. I want to make sure I give us this warning. Pursuing knowledge is not an end in itself. Those Pharisees, they read it, like I said, but it made them prideful. Knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. If I had the gift of prophecy and I understood all of God's secret plans and I possessed all knowledge, if I had all faith, such faith that I could move mountains, but I didn't love others, I'd be nothing. If you and I just learned stuff so you can brag about how much you know, then we missed it. Don't hear that. Lastly, we must choose our friends carefully because we're learning from them whether we like it or not. And they're going to influence how we spend our time and our money and what our priorities are. He who walks with the wise grows wise, but a companion of fools suffers harm. And I hope you hear that and don't go, I hope the young people in the crowd heard that, John. Those young people need to choose their friends carefully. Right, because we all know that peer pressure stops when you're 21. Right? It stops. It's magic. After we're 21, 
Nobody puts pressure on us anymore to conform. True for all of us. Let's go. Let's grow. You got to get a Bible reading plan, Bible.com. You got to get in a connect group. There's a flyer inside your bulletin. If you have questions, see one of our site pastors. They have nothing they'd rather talk to you about than this. And if they have something they'd rather talk to you about than see me, because they will soon have nothing better that they'd rather talk to you about, okay? <laughs> this is what we do. Would you pray with me, please? Lord, I thank you. I pray this has been a pep talk today for us to grow. I thank you. At the beginning of this service, we saw a young man and two young women get baptized, profess their faith in Jesus, and we didn't baptize them so they could sit around and grow fat and lazy. We baptized them so they could grow spiritually and become spiritually strong. I want them to be spiritual giants by the time they die. I want you to use them and grow them. I want them to know the Bible and apply it. I want them to grow in wisdom and stature, just like Jesus did. God, you got to do this. And God, I want you to do that in my life, too. I don't want to waste my life. I don't want to watch a movie for the 11th time and quote all the words when I haven't even read my Bible yet today. Lord, you know how distracted we are. You know how consumed we are with all sorts of foolish things. And God, I just pray that this has been a challenge for us today to get in shape. If the Lord spoke to you about something you need to do, if the Lord spoke to you today about the change you need to make in your life, right now, we prayed about it before we started, now we're praying at the end, Lord, I heard you. He spoke to you today from his word. He wants to do that every day. If he spoke to you today, say, Lord, right now, right where you are, say, Lord, I heard you. I heard you. Show me what to do. And then give me the strength to do it. Lord, I know you spoke to people today. I asked you to move me out of the way. I'm confident you did. Accomplish whatever you want in our lives today. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, I pray. Amen.